This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can be who it says I can be. Today. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> All right, we just want to have a good time. You know, it's second service, right? Second service, we're going to chill. Oh, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to enjoy the word. All right, so I, some of you got a gift coming in. It's a little uh, silver packet. And you probably have no clue what, it's, what it is. Today, we're going to talk about go a little further. So with that gift I gave you, it's to celebrate our 12 years together. We've been together for 12 years. You didn't know? Well, yeah, here we go. So uh, whenever I gave you a seed, but the seed is the seed of the peony flower. And the peony flower is normally given in the 12th year in the Chinese culture because it means wealth, prosperity, peace, health. So let's see our peony flower, what it looks like. So beautiful. It's my like, favorite flower. So the peony flower. Now what you have in your hand is that. But what you have in your hand is this. But it doesn't look like this in your hand. It looks like a seed. It's in seed form. And everything begins with a seed. And sometimes we forget that God shows us the ending to encourage us. But we get frustrated because we have the seed in our hand and we're going, this is what we want now. But this is in this. And if you don't change your perspective, you'll think that you'll always just be holding the seed. But within the seed is the full potential of a thing. So I want to encourage you today, no matter what it is, if it's a marriage, if it's your goals, is it your calling, your plan, whatever it is, will start in a seed, even though God will give you a vision of things to come and you get an idea. That idea is your result, but it begins in the rough, dark place of a seed. So I want you to tweet this, post this. Whatever you want to do. It's never in its seed state what it is in its dream state. So here it is, Matthew 26. You want to go to Matthew 26. But before we go there, I'm just giving you that to let you know that we do have some scripture coming. Because I know how you all are. You know, word of truth, church. Like Bibles and stuff proven in the scriptures. You know, Pastor Eben's not here, so I don't have 501 scriptures for you today. Okay, so I'm going to give you uh, some stuff before and then you'll be like, where are the scriptures? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's just not right now. So I want to take you into a journey. And as I'm taking you through this journey, I want you to begin to canvas that or to parallel that to your life. Again, whether it's your marriage, whether it's a career, whether it's a calling, 
I want you to begin to see the process and marry it. I mean, you know, put it against what you're going to. Why? Because when you got married, you probably had in your head what this marriage was supposed to look like. Because up until you said, I do, it was your husband or your wife's representative that came and approached you. Mm. And the goal was to get to the wedding. So you didn't see everything. And then in your mind, you thought, wow, you know, we're going to go on honeymoon. We're going to be able to take those pictures that everybody have in their house with the all white. Or with the jeans and the white top on the beach. You know how it is. And then you wake up the next day. You turn your face over and you go, oh my gosh, why is your breath like that? <laughs> like, what just happened? Because in your dream picture, you didn't see fumigating breath. And so you start declining your little dream. And you have to understand your marriage is also in seed form. Your career is in seed form. So let's take a journey because I want to show you that you are, were always in our hearts. We're just seeing you now. But you've been with us for 24 years. And we've just been celebrating 12 years with you. But you were in a seed form even before we ever met. So in 1993, I was a Bible school student in Jamaica. I was on probation after two months, two weeks. After two weeks, I mean, I understand all these rules. Like, why you have to wear a skirt? I can be just as saved without a skirt. But I had to wear a skirt. Had to keep six inches between me and the next person. Like, what is this? So, I got on probation. So, I decided, forget this. I don't need the school. I don't need none of these people telling me what to do. I've got the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit governs my heart and my life. So, I don't need any of this. So, I left the Bible school. I was on a mission trip, so I was serving God while running from God. Ah, interesting. But I did have this thing called relationship with God, and so I prayed, and God told me to go back to the Bible school. So I had to humble my little self, go back to the Bible school, and learn about submission to authority, and my authority was good, even though all my authority was not good. That was not the point. It was what God was doing in me. So when I went back, I had to reapply as a brand new, say brand new, brand new student. Man, I was excited until they grandfathered my probation from the last year. So I enrolled as a new student right into probation. Yeah. All right. That first semester, uh, that second, that would be my third semester. Now my mom died the fourth semester. I met Pastor Eben. Right? I met him, of course. I was singing, which I like to do. You ever, you ever do that? You like to do the gifts you don't have? <laughs> like, I have no rhythm, but boy, are you, I want to dance. I just want to dance all the time. And so I'll be clapping in church, and heaven will just have my hand and they like this. I clap, and heaven, heaven will say, Can you just like watch somebody, find somebody in the service to follow? Find somebody. This is what he's saying to me. I know you think it's romantic things he's saying to me when we're in service. No, it's not. He's like, find somebody. Can you look on the stage? Wakita is clapping. Clap like Wakita. <laughs> sweet, sweet. 
Sweet, just raise your hands. It's okay. Just raise hands. Just raise hands. So, you always like to do stuff like that. So I met him and of course I was singing loud. I was singing Helen Baylor. I'm lifting up the name of Jesus. If y'all don't know that song. I'm lifting up the name of Jesus. Oh. And he told his friend, I would never marry somebody as loud as her. Well, here we are 23 years later. He needed a little loudness in his life. So I was in Bible school. So did you see us in Bible school? Where are we? Did you see our picture yet? Look at us. Okay, we were married by then because uh, we couldn't do that in Bible school. Okay. You see how scrawny he was? He looked much better hooking up with me. (laughs) So here's the thing though. When I met him in my last semester, I was leaving to go to Bible college in Dallas for to be a missionary. Because remember, that was my dream. And... He was coming in his first semester. He was ordained out of his, his church out of Ohio as an evangelist. I prophesied to him because God had given me a word. And I said, they have ordained you as an evangelist, but God has called you as a pastor. So I was not his girlfriend, nothing, nothing. I was just a friend, but I was a spiritual friend. Okay. I was not trying to run down the pastor at the time. I didn't even want to leave Jamaica. So he was not in my sights. I probably wasn't in his. Okay, I wasn't in his either, but okay. So in the months of February 1994 to July 1994, by this time now, we have decided on February 26, 1994, we had a dinner and the dinner went like this. I think I found my wife. I said, that's awesome for you. I'm so happy. He said, it's you. I said, okay, what? He said, yeah, I think you're my wife. And I said, oh, well, how about I pray about that? The next morning at 5 a.m., God says to me, you need to tell Eben Ruth 117, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. Nothing but death will separate us. We had prayer the next morning and we were therefore going to marry each other. That was it. There were no feelings. (laughs) Y'all be getting tied up in feelings. Oh, no. It was about purpose and the call of God and what did God say? And that was all that was matter. We didn't have no feelings. I didn't matter. It didn't matter to him. I didn't think he was cute or not cute. I, I wouldn't even think about all that it was. Okay. God gave me a clear word and God gave him the same clear word. And we had confirmation through our pastors. I had checked with my pastor from the very first time I felt I was to marry Evan way before he ever knew. And my pastor said, yes, he had told me no to every other person I ever brought him. And I did bring one, two, four. I thought I'd have married four other people. I did. Are you all here front? I did. Okay, it's just, it's just me. That was like the dating machine. It's fine. All of them. <laughs> and my pastor would say, no, no. Then my dad took the machete one time and ran after one. So that was a definite no. <laughs> so Lots of no's were going on. But the director of my school said yes. My pastor said yes. His pastor said yes. My father said yes. You know, I mean, it was too much confirmation. That's way before we said yes to each other, before we knew. So we got married for purpose and not passion. We're on the same track with the same mind, going to the same place. Our conversations are filled with excitement because we're going the same place. And so when I was in South Africa for those months between February and June, we would get these visions of a church. 
And we get this burden for our people. And we began to see what the church would be and what it would be built like. And we wrote it in our journals. And we were in two different countries getting the same words on same days and confirming and getting specs and seeing people and understanding what it was going to be. And we saw the front of this church 24 years ago. Before we said, I do, you were already in two young people's hearts praying for you, laboring over you. You were in seed form. On December 20th, 1994, we got married. And in January 1995, while I was on honeymoon, God gave us individual direction that we should move to Arlington, Texas. I had never been to Arlington. I had only been to Dallas and I was an international student, so we couldn't come off of campus really. And whenever I did come off of campus, I went to a church in Duncanville, but I had never heard of Arlington or been to Arlington. I went to Duncanville and school. That was it because I didn't have transport. So... God had told me Arlington and I didn't know if it was a place or people or a thing. God had told Evan Arlington and then we realized it was Arlington, Texas. We came and we moved here. We moved here. We joined a church. We were living in Waxahachie and we joined a church in Fort Worth. When we went there, we went to the, the, the pastors upon the first couple of months and sat down and said, we are called to pastoring. We just want to let you know. But what we are going to do is we're going to die to our dream and we're going to serve here. As if it is ours. And nobody will know where your dream started and where ours ended. And where ours ended and where yours started. Or we're going to be so sold out. You would never know. You'll never have to worry about it. Because we are not here to take people. But we're here to build this church. And we did what Joseph did. He forgot the dream. We chose to forget the dream and serve like nothing else. And we served. In February 2005. We met in our living room. In this house, 22 people had a meeting. We talked about launching Word of Truth Family Church as a Bible study, a one-hour Bible study. So we said, let's do that. Uh, This was February. We decided to, one of the people that were meeting with us, we said, okay, we'll do it at your house because our house was smaller. So we went to their house and they had a, a living room. And we decided everybody, we couldn't afford chairs, so everybody had to bring their own chairs. So that's the first meeting was bring your own chair. Not bring your own bottle. I know you're all familiar with that. (laughs) Bring your own chair. In today's words, we would say, buy your own chair so you can have a seat up in the new building. But bring your own chair. Here was the thing. Whenever you are launching a seed, you're launching a dream. It was a very exciting, but yet a most excruciating time. Exciting because on the one hand, we're doing exactly what God wants us to do at the right time. Very difficult because of growing pain, personal frustrations and things we're going through. Because birthing is difficult. Birthing is messy. You know, whenever you're coming out of, of drama and you're coming out of, 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 of pressure and you, because that is how dreams are born. They're not born just out of the sky. There is a process and God has to cut away things from you and he, while he's building things in you. And some things are dumb things that you've done and some things are dumb things that have been done to you and some things are things that you will do and some things are things that people will do. But at the same time, it has nothing to do with the dream that God has inside your heart. You have got to remember that this is a seed. And what is a seed? A seed gets buried on the inside. It gets hidden. It gets in the dark. 
And what you see as overnight success has been taken 20 years in the making. And so we've had many people say, pastors, you guys make pastoring look so easy. Because we've had 20 years of experience with it. We didn't just come here this week and decide to pastor. This has been something from, I'm like 19. I'm in my 40s now. What you're seeing is, is, is grace. What you're seeing is, is, is your sword has been wet. You have been sharpened. You've been cut down and built back up. You've been cut away and built back up. And we don't want that part. We just want the peony, the fullness. But we don't want to be buried deep in the ground where nobody can see us. And nobody gets to say, good job. Way to go. Awesome. You sounded great today. Woo, you look good today. We are looking for the applause of people and the approval of people. And God is saying, can you be buried deep down where nobody knows you? Can you fast out the need to be seen? Can you fast out the need to be approved and applauded and celebrated? Can you make it about me? And you just hide? Why you always have to be notified that you did a great job? What, what is that? And as long as you need that, you'll be in the shadows. You'll still be underground, being developed. Because by the time you bloom, everything has been stripped out of you and your seed coat has been broken. And until you're broken down like that, you're not going to bloom because you need too much from people. So we are here in this meeting. We are here in that room. We have true kids, zero to sixth grade. I'm the, the, the true kids teacher. Tamika Butts was a teenage teacher. And that was like from 11 to wherever, 18. So we had two little departments. And it was also excruciated for all the members because I was a praise and worship leader. Y'all didn't know I had it like that, huh? Yeah, I was singing the worship songs all the time, you know. And praise God, we started to grow very fast. And because we started to grow very fast, we could get somebody else very quickly. To their excitement. I was like wounded by then, because I'm like, this is my calling. And I know Tamika, she used to try and help me so much time. She was trying to sing with me and she could not catch my key. Because my key is a gifted key. (laughs) I'm on key Y and Z. And I don't know why they don't understand. It's, It's a flow key. And she was singing there and she was like, she just gave up. She was just like, I'm just going to leave her. And everybody was so kind. They were like, Father, just let the praise and worship be done. Thank you, God. It's only one song. It's our service. You know, and so by by the next couple of weeks, we had to move. We knew we had to move. So we went now. We sourced out Kenneth Davis Elementary School. So now we are March 27, 2005, a couple weeks before we go and hit the neighborhoods two by two with our little flyers and we go and one of our members got ran down by the dog and, you know, and, you know, (laughs) it was just so much fun and we were there just excited, you know, March 27th, 2005, we have our first service, 112 people show up. Incredible. We're growing. We're growing. A few months later, we realized we're growing out of this place because it can only hold 250 to 300 people. So my husband with his faith-filled self says he does not want to have two services because it's about him at that point. So he says, Jesus, I don't want to do two services. I want to do one service. So I need somewhere new. God begins to give him a vision of Seguin High School that he's never seen. He's never been to Seguin, didn't know it existed, but he's getting this vision. He sees an auditorium, but doesn't know where it is. 
So he begins to look and look and look and he finally finds Seguin. And when he finally finds Seguin, he gets denied. And the principal says, no. And he comes back again, no. And he tells us a third time, no. So by that time, Pastor now gets a picture. Takes a picture of the inside of this, this building and he takes it to us at Kenneth Davis and he says, I want us all to pray. This is our scripture in Second Samuel. God is going to give us a place. And we'll move no more. So we begin to pray and we begin to pray and fast and just have a good time. And we're in, you know, we're in the school over in the elementary school and our true kids are in the hall and the hall is freezing during the winter. It's cold. And we have some kids in the gym and we're just, we're just enjoying our little self though. And the thing I loved is that even in our seed form, we had what we had. No, we had sunrise cafe. We had true kids. Now we've got nine different divisions in True Kids when we started with two. We had greeters. We had ushers. You know, we, we were, we had true groups. We were starting small, but, but we were starting. And so when we now got to three years old, we moved over to Seguin High School, which is where we are, because finally the man yielded to God and we were able to come in. 300 of us. We only filled up like the first four rows. We were swallowed up by this big space. But we were in the right place. And when we moved over, now we were three years old. And we went and started applying for loans. And we're applying for the loans and the banks are turning us down. They're saying, you're too young. You got good money, but you're too young. So we finally get to five years, you know. We go, yes, we're old enough. We get to five years and they go... Economic crash, 2008. Now the banks are requiring 30% down. $1.5 million, they want cash. We're five years old. They don't believe we're going to sustain our growth. All the naysayers are coming out. All the people are persecuting our members on the job. Oh, y'all meeting at school? It's five years when y'all going to get a building. Oh, you know, then the banks were like, what you could do is um, you could become a denominational church on paper, but don't tell anybody. If you're a denominational church, you, you'd get funding better. Every church around you is denominational. They just don't put it on there. Every church in Mansfield and South Arlington is denominational. They just didn't put their name on there. That's how they got the building. And they're going to wait for five years and they'll leave the organization and become a, a charismatic church. And Eben said, if I compromise my integrity like that, then I'm relying upon my own hands. And I'm not going to do it. So no, we decline your loan. No, we decline your loan. Right after that, we begin to get prophetic voices in the word. I remember Melinda was one of them. And she, we started getting these, these words that God was giving us highway. Off the highway, towards the south, going downwards. Pastor began to receive that, began to see that, began to understand that. But this whole time, we're getting anxious now. We're getting irritated. We're getting, well, he, not him. He was steady. Let me just talk about myself. I was getting anxious. I was getting irritated. I didn't want to be in the building no more. I didn't want to break down and set up. And you were like, Pastor, sorry, you were breaking down and set up. Of course I was. I was breaking down and setting up Sunrise. I was breaking down and setting up True Kids because I was a True Kids teacher. Y'all didn't know that, did you? What? I'm like an awesome True Kids teacher. I'm like the bomb.com when it comes to True Kids. Like amazing. Your kids had the privilege of me being in the True Kids teacher. I must tell you that they are spiritually astute today. <laughs> For many years, all the way up to Landon was born. Seven years. Yeah, I was a True Kids. I was in True Kids every week. All the time. 
Because I love true kids. But we were doing all of that and we could not get the loans. We could not, we couldn't progress. But through it, God was showing us land and properties. And every time we think it was for us, then God would say, no, it's not for you. Call your friend and tell him you found his building. Call your other friend and tell him you found his land. And I was like, God, can't you just tell me something? In the waiting, in the dark. Seem like everybody is progressing on, everybody getting their building, everybody moving on. The dream is there. But the dream didn't just start in 2005. Remember, it started in 1994. So, turn to Matthew 26. Turn to Matthew 26. So, as the years are going on, we have to hold fast to the command that God gave us. That we don't fully understand. A direction that isn't guaranteed and results that we may, we don't know how it's going to come out. And if you and I are not careful, we will begin to only look at where we have left to go and not how far we have come. So I wanted to take you back for a second. So you can see that 22 people took a journey of faith. And it has been multiplied to now we can have 900 to 1500 people show up every Sunday. You are a result of prayers that were in seed form. You're a result of faith that was in seed form. And whatever you are believing for, do not get frustrated or choke in the middle. I was at a graduation celebration on Friday. And there was a little boy in the pool with Landon. And he swam and got to the middle, literally in the middle of the pool. And began to panic because he realized he was in the middle. So he started freaking out. And of course, if you freak out when you're in the pool, your body's going to get heavy and you're going to start to sink. So he begins to choke. So he gets out. He finally gets out and there's a caretaker. And the caretaker is there and she's going, oh, it's okay. You're going to choke. And I'm thinking, you're all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. This is not my child. Just telling you. I'm trying to side parent while he has a caretaker, which I do often. And then, um, you know, she's like, he was fine until she started feeling sorry for him. Then he started breaking down and crying. I was like, that's the worst thing you could do is feel sorry for somebody when they're choking in the middle. You got to throw them back in the pool. Oh, Pastor, sorry, you're so evil. Listen here. Your body is made up of 70% water. You are designed to swim. When you were born, you were floating around in water for nine months. You have the ability to swim. But many of you choked while you were swimming, swallowed some water, and have never swam since. Put your hand up. Let me see. Point taken. Afraid of the water. When you are actually built to conquer the water. And because they did not handle that situation right, it puts more fear in him than look. No, man. Did you, how did you get to the middle? Did you fly? Did a helicopter come from the sky and drop you right in the middle? He swam to the middle. If he swam to the middle, he can swim the rest of the way. If you got to this point, you can get to the end point. But you keep looking at how far it is. And not how far you've come. You've come a long way, baby. (laughs) And sometimes you just got to remember that. 
The same faith that got you to five years in your marriage can get you to 50. The same faith that got you to the supervisor job can get you to presidency. The same faith that got you to write that first chapter can get you to finish it. So you've got to remember, you've come a long way. Matthew 26. Are you there? So you can say I gave you some scriptures. Holla, 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 holla. You have to remember that people are watching while you're in your choking moment. And sometimes they're going to freak out. And when they freak out while you're in the middle, you got to faith up. While they're looking and going, huh, girl, you've been in this too long. You've been in this, this, this relationship too long. I, I wouldn't do it. You got a faith up. How are you going to tell me what I can do in my own relationship? You don't have no grace for my relationship. Um, you've been overlooked at your job too long. You know. That, well, so you want me to go leave my job? Are you going to be the person to support my bills? How are you going to tell me to leave my job? You can't be listening to people who are just getting emotional while you're in the middle. While you're struggling. While you're believing. While you're working it out. You can't get with those emotional people. Girl, I would this. Girl, everybody got something they can tell you. Man, I wouldn't do it. Man, I'll tell you what you should do. Man, you need to hustle some extra hours. You need to find out what, what was really going on. Matthew 26, verse 36. And we're going to read it from the NIV. So let's look at the screens because mine is King James. Ready? Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to them, sit here. This is the disciples, the whole group of 12. While I go over there and pray. All right? Not very deep, Pastor Sar. I know. It's coming. It's coming. Then he took. So the first group of people were stuck here. Then he took some other people though. A little further, you see, some people who start with you won't end with you, baby. It's okay. Some people who said they'll be here till the end of time. It's fine because everybody's not supposed to be with you. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And what? And he began to be what? No, I want you to read Jesus' emotions because we think Jesus didn't have any feelings. He began to be what? And what? Oh, let me read it from the King James for you. Oh. We're here because, you know, King James, I want to say he added it a little more effect to it. If I had some music, I would work it out for you, but I don't. And it says here, this would be verse 37. And he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Verse 38. Then he said to them, let's read it. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to what? Does that sound like depression to you? The point of death. Jesus wanted to die before he actually had to die. He says, then he says something here. He has a request. Stay here and do what? Keep watch with me. Don't just leave me out there by myself. I'm struggling. I'm overwhelmed. I want to die. I'm heavy. I'm not excited about this. I'm in the choking point. I'm in the middle. I'm underground. I'm the seed that has to go and die. I don't want to do it. 
I don't think I can do it. Can you just sit here for me and, and, and watch and watch? Can you watch with me? And that's the thing. Do we just leave it up to Jesus? Or can we watch with him? Next verse. Going a little further. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may you take this cup from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them what? Found them sleeping. And he says, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. That would be me he'd be asking. Verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Next verse. He went away a second time and prayed. So he already came and woke him up. He already told him what condition he was in. What his emotional state was in. He already explained that to them. He woke them up one time and he went away and prayed. And he goes again a second time and prays. See, sometimes, I know you've heard it, but you pray and just leave it. Sometimes you got to work it out and pray again. Don't feel bad if you got to pray more than one time. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. He getting a little better. Verse 43. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because what? Their eyes were heavy. So Jesus' eyes wasn't heavy too. Jesus the one over there praying. And you see, here is the dilemma. Keep going. Verse 44. So he left them and went away one more time and prayed the third time saying the same thing. Verse 27, verse 45. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hours come. I'm going to be delivered. Jesus is an assignment and sometimes that assignment isn't fun. And yet he knows there's some things that he has to bear alone. But there's some things that we can bear with him. And when we are going in this vision, when we're going in this process, we cannot leave this up to just pastor alone. You can't fall asleep while we should be praying and working. I believe that when he said watch and pray, some of us think that we mean, I'm telling you, this is what we think. Y'all should watch and pray. That means we must open our eyes while we're praying. How many of y'all believe that? No, tell the truth. You've heard that before. I mean, don't close your eyes during prayer. You need to be watching and praying. I believe Jesus was saying, you need to watch me how I'm dealing with this watershed moment in my life. How I'm dealing with this tipping point. How I'm dealing with this chaos. When I don't want to go on, I'm going to go on. I want you to watch me how I'm dealing with this in the middle. So when it's your time of persecution, and when it's your time to choke, you can remember I prayed. You can remember that I stood the race. I remember that I stood firm. Some people have fallen asleep on us, word of truth. Some people took a nap. Some people slept through the whole hour. And now they're waking up and bam, we're in the new building. Like, what happened? But some of you have been faithful. Some of you have been on the truck for a while. 
Some of you were building it up this morning in the rain. Some of you are still in true kids from the very first service, from 10 years ago, from 5 years ago. Some of you have been in praise and worship from the jump. Some of you have been in the greeters and the ushers and the sunrise cafe and, and administration and new departments. Some of you have been working and serving and you have watched and you have prayed and God will reward you. And some of you need to wake up. And some of you need to be diligent. And some of you need to stop falling asleep and taking catnaps while everybody else is working. Because where we have come from pales in comparison to where we are going. And we will build this and do this together. It's easier to ignore the emotional state and the state of affairs when you're not carrying the burden. So we covet your prayers. We don't want to leave pastor out there alone. When he has to deal with a, another city issue and, a, and a, another draw and, a, and another withdrawal and a, another pipe burst and a, another cord had to be laid and all this that we don't see that happens every day, all day, every day. That he's on that land every day praying. Up there in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. Walking that property over your lives. Declaring for you. Believing for you. At 6 in the morning. At 2 in the morning. At 11 in the morning. At 12. He's out there every day. But we can't just let him go further. We must go further. You can't have your dream for your marriage and leave it here. And your husband is going further and you're just rebellious going. And you know what? Whatever. I'm going to sleep on you while you're trying to do something. No. You've got to fulfill the course. You've got to stay the course. Whatever you're believing for. Can you just go further in your job? Can you just write that resume? Can you just submit it? Don't complain about it and be like, oh, I was sleeping. Oh, boy, boy I'm tired. My eyes are heavy. Everybody, eyes heavy. I'm tired. Everybody's tired. I'm telling you. Everybody need B12. We're all in the same boat. Anything you can come up with, somebody else has the same reason. But you've got to make a decision. I've got to watch and pray. It's a privilege that he called me to even come up there. It's a privilege that he even carried me to watch him pray. To watch him through this situation. So I ask you, what further can you do? Can you make one more contact on your job? Can you call one more person in your department? Can you serve 30 more minutes? Can you even just show up on time for true kids? Because when you are not showing up for time on time for true kids, you are sleeping on the job. And somebody else has to take the labor and pray. When you don't show up, it's considered napping and sleeping. But the great thing about God is it doesn't matter when you come in. In the process, you may have been here for 12 years. You may be a Word of Truth member for two weeks. The same reward is the same reward because the same grace on the house falls on you. The same favor. It's not no more special for somebody from 12 years than somebody for 12 weeks. If you're in the flow, everybody get wet. So you can claim all the favor and all the blessings that's upon this church can be in your life. And everybody will not go with you. And it's okay because everybody didn't leave you for bad reasons. So you can't punish people when they leave your life. 
Be acting like you're in a cult or something. Well, my friend don't talk to me anymore, so I'm going to... Well, no, let them do that. You be you. Because sometimes it's okay as long as you don't exceed them. Once you start exceeding them, no, you... Oh, I see it's like that. Let me little comments. Oh, whatever, think what you want to think. I'm like, well, whatever. What if, if you don't know me by now, you never, 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 never go know me. So, tired of all that. So Jesus was showing us how to do that. And I just want to encourage you today that there's some things that you can handle, but there's so many more things we can handle. In your marriage, don't be a one-person show. Get together. Make decisions together. If you're a student, don't you can't just do it by yourself. Find a professor, find a teacher, find a friend, somebody that can go and watch with you. There's some things, you, yeah, absolutely. You got to deal with you what you got to deal with. Imagine that you come down to service and it's prayer time. And you had a big loss in your life. Or you have a big decision to make. Or man, you got a report and your, your little faith is on trial. And you made it all the way from the back. So you know, you, you're thinking in your mind, all these people seeing me, I wonder what they're going to be thinking about me. They're going to be thinking, I don't have no faith. And you know, you fighting all that. You come down here and you say, I say, what do you want to pray for? And you say, Pastor Sarah, I just lost my mom last week. And I go, let's pray. <laughs> huh? What happened? You'd want to choke me. You'd be like, you know what? She thinks she's the first lady and all that, but you know what? If I could stab her, I would. Because I came all the way down here for prayer and she fell asleep on me. Same thing. Don't fall asleep in your dreams. In your calling for God. What he's given you to do. Your assignment. Whether it's in church, outside of church, around the church, wherever. Whatever God has told you to do. Get going on it. Go a little further. And remember, you have come a long way. And the same faith that it took you to get here, your faith can change your situation and you have the courage, the strength, and the stamina to finish the race. Amen. There's a reward for going further. Especially in this time in our life at Word of Truth Family Church. Because you get to write history. You get to be a part of history. Everything that we're doing with this building begins to change lives. And lives get changed for generations to come. And you have a part in that. It's the most honorable thing to be able to partner with God on something. So I'm asking you. Can you go further? I don't know what area that you know in your life. It could be at home. It could be at church. It could be on your job or in your business. But where can you go further? Some of you in that choking moment, that that little boy. And I'm not going to feel sorry for you. I can have compassion on you, but my compassion is not going to be there to stroke your wounds so you get more afraid and you begin to be comforted in your time of choking to where that becomes your normal state 
that you just want to be comforted and it feels okay to just stop midway I can't do that I have to push you back in the water and tell you yeah you can do it when you go in the water your tears going to wipe themselves away when you go through prayer when I drive you back to the Lord but if I stop here and go it's going to be okay it's alright no, don't worry about it and we just stay here on this mountain you'll never fulfill God's call in your life and it would be such a tragedy at the end of your days to not be able to say it is finished God it is finished I can expire now I've done everything you've asked me to do there's no dreams left there's nothing left that you've asked me to do that I don't I haven't done that's how you want to die you want to just sit on one day and go you know what I am done adios so let's pray Father in the name of Jesus you know where we are you know where we need to go you know Father God that the distance ahead is possible because you've never left us you've never forsaken us you're always with us and so Father some of us have fallen asleep on our dreams fallen asleep on our goals fallen asleep on the calling that you have given us fallen asleep on the vision that you've had for our lives and our, vi- our marriages and our relationships our purpose we've taken naps we've gotten energized at one point and then kind of backed away at other points but God we're choosing to go a little further today we don't have to go a whole lot further but we choose to go a little further today and we watch Jesus and from his pattern Lord we see it's okay to have those feelings from time to time of being overwhelmed that's just life but if we learn from him we can go to you be drawn to you lay it out before you pour it out before you and in that moment God you will strengthen us you will lift us up you will give us strength to endure so Father I don't know where everybody is today but I pray for courage to continue I pray that you lift them up Lord and you strengthen their tired hands and you strengthen their frail hearts and you remind them God that you will not leave them and you will not forsake them you're right there in the midst so we thank you for it right now renew their desire renew their passion now if you're here and they never accepted, accepted Jesus Christ as your personal